I will say, I want to be honest with you. When I heard, like, when I hear people say, like, wife, I feel like I've been, like, neglecting that word for so long when it comes to me. And maybe I um, never saw myself as one. Mm. And I'm trying to, like, unpack that <laughs> in my life. Um, sorry. No, I already seen it. I seen it. This, this, this is a breakthrough. Here it is. Go grab your, grab your <laughs> tissue. You said you never saw yourself as a wife. And that's the reason why you were vibrating on such a low level, entertaining guys that would never, ever put a ring on your finger. I didn't even see myself as someone's girlfriend, let alone someone's wife. Um, because deep. of like my upbringing and what I saw in my home um, when I was young. I never imagined my public healing would inspire others to heal across the world. I thank you for using him to reach the world with a message of hope in relationships. But your life does not. God, you are my publicist. We laugh. <laughs> we share the unadulterated truth. He said, not only have I not divorced you, I ain't exposed you. Oh. We didn't marry fans, we married forever. And we wanted forever to act like a fan. Reveal her, Jesus. I will not compromise mm -mm. on getting a woman of God. You don't have to. And Father, I declare for his future wifey, thank you for preserving her. This season, I declare miracles and manifestations. See, you're selling scripts. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I, I noticed that right away. You being true to who you are, you're going to attract. Mm. It's a Hebrew word, chayil, and it was translated wealth, and it means people. It means men, it means resources, and it means means. I'm LaTaris R. Whitfield, and this is the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, LaTaris R. Whitfield. Listen, let's get this out the way. Are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, come on, can't we just finally get a commitment? We're about to go on our, we're about to hit our three-year anniversary. Hit that subscription button and subscribe. Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. We are on our way to hitting 300,000 subscribers. So can we hit that before April the 15th by our three-year anniversary? Matter of fact, I'm going to be launching something on my community tab where I invite people to share videos, uh, 30 seconds to a minute, sharing how the Dear Future Wifey podcast has impacted your life. So be on the lookout for that. Today is March the 29th. Today is my 45th birthday. Uh, I wish Sino would have had the uh, confetti drop out the ceiling or something, but wasn't in the budget. So it is what it is. But listen, a lot of y'all have been DMing me saying, and for the last couple of years, I've always avoided it. Y'all always said, do you have a P.O. box where we can send you something and send you a birthday card or send you a gift? And I've always just deflected and like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, but this is a season of miracles and manifestation. And so right before uh, recording this episode, I ran out and got me uh, a P.O. box. It was even late to pick up our guest today, <laughs> getting that P.O. box. So I'm going to share that with y'all. Those that want to send a card, uh, you can send it to Dear Future Wifey at P.O. Box 3937, Cedar Hill, Texas, 75104. That's Dear Future Wifey, uh, P.O. Box 3937, Cedar Hill, Texas, 75104. Uh, whatever you send, I greatly appreciate it. And thank you so much. And I pray that God blesses you for being a giver. 
I've been looking forward to this interview for a minute. And we're going to talk about uh, how challenging it was uh, for this interview to actually happen. So without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. My homie, Nicole Kane. Hey, guys. Yeah, look at Nicole <laughs> is in the building. She's in the building, I'm y'all. so happy to be here, though. Like, I... I, I think I came across your podcast, of course, when everybody else did. We the talk too much about, yeah, you know what I mean? I had to make sure my hair was okay today before we, <laughs> <laughs> before we came on. But I remember thinking after watching a few videos, like, I'm going to go on that podcast. And I swear you tagged me like the next week. <laughs> Every time I put out into the universe, God, I want something. He brings it like within a few days. And then and you I'm get like, scared when it comes. Right. Oh, my God. I said I was going to go on one day. <laughs> not, not today. I'll be having to get prepared first. But, yeah, you tagged me. I saw it. Let it ride. Then you tagged me in something. Because yeah, like, you'll comment, comment on the video and then you just disappear. And I'll be like, hey, Nicole, I would love to have you on the podcast soon because I've watched, uh, I've, I have a friend, shout out to Kimberly Alexander. She loves the mess out of you. Uh, and and she, just, she just admires how you've been able to pivot in your career. And she was just like, you need to interview her one day. You need to interview her one day. And so when you commented on one of the posts, I was like, hey, Nicole, <laughs> would you like to come on Dear Future Wifey podcast? radio silence and i was like okay and then you commented on another post nicole <laughs> would you like to be mm-hmm. on the wife? check your dms and i said okay this girl i don't know what's going on with her what I was mean, that I about? wasn't in the season of of sometimes you're in a season of just trying to take in the lessons and i was yeah i wasn't in a great season then but you but you told god that you wanted to do it and then just disappeared. i mean i didn't mean the, the, the next week <laughs> So, yeah, but I'm here, and I'm very excited. I love the platform you built. So talk about how many attempts we've had at making this happen. Oh, man, this is the third. The first time you ever spoke to me, I was, like, in a really depressive state, but working through some things. And I think you felt it would be powerful if I came on, like, right in the midst of that. Yeah. And I just wanted time to sort everything out. And then I flew down here probably two weeks ago yep. to do the podcast. And then you had some flight delays. Yeah, I was delayed <laughs> in Toronto. So that was in the month. Of, was, that, was that in that was in February? Yeah. Yeah. So in February, 12 uh, hour delay. Uh, and I apologize again for that happening because you had flew all the way here. <laughs> and I was like, we can do it at 10, 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> and you yeah, were like, and, and I was, again, going through something then that I felt like, whew, I just, this podcast interviewing, and this is online forever, yes, you know? Yeah. Like, so now I feel like I this is the perfect timing. And it's I get to celebrate your birthday with yes. you. So that's dope. Yeah. That's why I say everything just happens for a reason. Yes. And I've always told God, bring the right people at the right time. Absolutely. And so this is the right time and you're at a great space. Um for those that don't know you, um, who is Nicole Kane? Um Nicole Kane is <laughs> a dynamic visionary who um, claimed to fame mm-hmm. is from my celebrity blogging days. I 
everyone knows me from my first site. I fit well, not everyone, but well, well, everyone came to know me from NicoleBitchy.com, which right. I ran that celebrity gossip and entertainment news site for seven years. Um, and then from there, I transitioned into running a media company called ExoNicole.com, which um, after two years, it was sold to Will Packer, right. um, company Will Packer Media. And I stayed on board and ran that site for another five years, which made it seven. It, seven is the number of completion for me. So I always, I like to call myself the uh, queen of career pivots yeah. because seven years, I'm going to switch and do something else. Seven, Another seven years. So I'm in my third act um, as the founder of a vitamin and supplement company called My Happy Flow. And we help women have pain-free, symptom-free periods. So we have all natural products. Um, and I, I created this line for black women specifically. You know, all women have, um, you know, different period complications, but black women have like the highest rate of fibroids, instances of PCOS and period trauma. And I knew that there were better solutions for us rather than birth control or hysterectomies. And so... I, I, this product is a game changer. That's all I have to say. Uh, this calling that God has placed me in right now is so big. I Sometimes I just sit back and it's scary. And sometimes it can be crippling. So how did this come to be? How did this come to be? My happy flow? Um, it, it was a lot of different um, things that led me to my happy flow. But one of those things was uh, my mom passed at the age of 41 and I, you know, held her hand as she took her last breaths. Um, she passed from breast cancer. And so when I was a gossip blogger around the age of 35 was when I was getting close to the age that she had passed away. And that's kind of what made me transition out of running a new site because I felt like I was living my life as a spectator to everybody else's lives. Um, and I knew if I had say, if my life was as short as my mom's and it was cut short at 41, I would only have at the time I was 35. So what, six years left, yeah. was I going to spend that watching other people's lives, like playing on the sideline. And so that's what really made me do the shift into something more positive and purposeful. But, um, in the midst of that, I was studying holistic health and, um, hormones because I wanted to make sure I didn't. Um, so hold on. At 35 is where you shifted from the Kobe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of did. people thought I was way younger. Because even now, if I'm like, I was 35, people are calculating in their heads. Like, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Care the two minus people the one. People are calculating right now like, sis. <laughs> so you transitioned out. That you sold that at 35. I didn't sell Nicole Bitchy. I okay. shut it down. I left money on the table. I could have sold it, but... So what made you shut that down and just leave money like that? Because... Have you ever shared how much you was making during that time? No, I've never have. You want to share that? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> I ain't making it now. No, and it don't so, matter because I want to know the, the faith move that you had yeah, to walk I mean, away from that money. To walk away from so much money and really didn't have a solid plan lined up of how I was going to make money in my next venture Yeah, because I didn't really know business like that. Like I'm now I'm on my third business. I'm like, okay, I know business, but back then I wasn't a, I was a blogger. Yeah. I wasn't a businesswoman. Yeah. And so I had all this money coming in and handled by business managers and all this other stuff. But, um, it was like, I do sometimes grieve my old life of being able to take a last minute trip to like, 
Bali or, you know, or just buy a plane ticket and not even look at the price. Now I'm like, well, what's the best deal? (laughs) Can I do some influencer type of relationship? Can I I stay at your hotel in exchange for promo? Absolutely. And being flown everywhere for free, not having to ask for stuff, first class everywhere, staying in the finest hotels. Um, I do grieve that aspect of my old life. But like I said, what I have going now is so much bigger and so much greater and impacts so many more people. But to your point, uh, leaving money on the table, I was leaving a lot of money on the table. And what I did was whatever I had left when I left, I poured all into this new site, not having a plan of how this site was going to make money. So I'm paying all these writers, I'm all these people. And I'm like, hold on, before we get there, what made you leave it alone? What made you just close down the site? Uh, with no uh, extra running strategy? a celebrity gossip site is just very toxic. And I was like, most of us, when we're bloggers, we start something because we're passionate about it. But um, after seven years, I was a different person. Really? I was a different person. I was ready to um, attract different type of people into my life. And I knew running a site like that, it was just so toxic to my spirit, my mental health. I woke up every day wondering how it was affecting other people who mm. was reading the site every day. That was on my conscience. If I was to die today, would people be at my funeral talking about how I gave them good tea versus like, <laughs> you know, how I actually made them feel, how it impacted their lives? Yeah. Like, I I really wanted a more fulfilling life. I wanted to be present when I was with people and um how were you then when you were when you when you were in that space how was you paranoid around like what were you I was I was definitely I felt like I had to look over my shoulder all the time like I never felt safe I also uh I felt numb like right now and I say numb just because now I feel everything so intensely like if I like somebody I feel it so intensely if I'm with someone and they say something that makes me feel happy. I feel it intensely. I was just on autopilot. Really? Yeah. Did like you a, know that during the time? Or no, you, this is reflection. <laughs> so, but in the time, how were you showing up? Were people that you have your inner circle saying, you've, you've been changing. Like somebody, maybe a day one that knew you when you were 27, 28-ish. And then they go, before you started this this site, you were like this. And then over these next, this this is changing you. Could, could they see the actual change? Um, I could see. I could just see how I was angry a lot. Angry. Like I would go off on people. Like, it, it's just, it wasn't a becoming. Like, yeah. I look back at, I just recently fell in love with who I am. But I look back on who I was back then. And then even through some of my time at exo nicole and i didn't i didn't really like that person um so yeah i moved to arizona because i was like i'm gonna make this switch and you know arizona is about the healing you moved from from where to arizona well i was in la at the time so i moved to arizona so that i could make that transition and that's when i went through my healing journey i kind of like went through isolation and it's funny because after i like left nicole bitchy and i'm looking in the mirror I didn't really know who I was anymore without all of that attached. Like, I didn't know who I was to the core. Mm. Um, And it's hard because if you don't know who you are, how can you attract what's for you in your life? You know, like, I didn't know. It was almost like a whole identity crisis. So were you dating during that time? Did you have boyfriends or were you in in any serious relationships? The thing is, I felt like I was 
so big as a blogger, it's like, who do you date? Yeah. Who's going to date a celebrity gossip blogger? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> like, who, who, who going to date so me? Mom, meet And her. you know, my face was out there. Yeah. So who, who going to date me? Uh, and I got it. <laughs> and so, like, there was a, just a string of periods where I, I didn't even, I wasn't dating. I wasn't having pleasure. <laughs> Having you know, this is a Christian podcast. No, no, we, we keep it know, real. Oh, I can say sex. We keep real. <laughs> we say sex. We be, hey, we got okay. Christians over here having sex, so we yeah. say what it is. Okay. Yo, we, okay. we come on. Okay, like, okay. I, I went viral talking about struggle vaginas. So oh, come okay, on. okay. Yeah. It's that p- type of party. Yeah, okay, I got yeah. something for y'all later. Yeah, exactly. We're going to keep it all the way lit. It's going to always be lit. So during that time, you didn't have any serious relationships. You just had no interactions with guys at all. Not really. And it's funny now, just thinking about dating now versus back then. Like, the only guys I had interaction with was celebrities. So, yeah, so and of course, yeah. Yeah, there ain't nothing serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was, and it's, so yeah, I, I didn't really have a lot of, um, and I tried to stay as far away as I could from, like, industry men like executives and stuff like if i had to have meetings with executives i'd always bring a friend or something like yeah. that because the story is like be professional and it's crazy because as careful as i was there was always a story about me being attached to somebody or me like one of the really hurtful things in the beginning of my career was that everyone was convinced my rise was because i was um, like screwing my way through the industry. Oh, wow. Having sex with different celebrities, industry execs and stuff like that. And so I was getting access to all of these things because I sold my soul. And when all of this was happening, I I was like four years celibate at the time that all of this. Che- so <laughs> so you sitting there like, wow. And, this and, is- and sometimes you're like, I'm kind of jealous of the person <laughs> they think I am. Because I'm not getting get any. I, I'm not getting any. Like, no type of action. <laughs> so, yeah. I um, And that let me know, like, people are going to talk regardless yeah. if you're doing it or not. And, yeah. I, and I do feel like, to be honest, there were some people that played into those rumors versus shooting them down when they could have protected me as men. Mm. You know, like yeah. making it like it really was a thing. And it's yeah. like, that was disappointing to me as well. Thanks. I, I never knew all that. Yeah. So it's like, because I didn't, I've never like watched, I've never been into celebrity gossip or whatever, but your name was so big that whether I want to know you or not, I knew of you. And then I remember one thing, because I, I do graphic design or whatnot, but somehow I went to your website years ago and I saw this image of this woman, you coming out of a computer screen. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, that's dope how they did that. That's, that's a really dope uh, a graphic or whatnot. That's the only thing I remember. Yeah, it was like an alter ego. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this is really dope. And so that's that's the gist of what I knew about you. But as far as rumors and knowing what it was or what you do and all that stuff, I just didn't know. I just knew that you was this successful uh, blogger that yeah. even some TV shows would actually play off of of what you did and all that type of stuff. And so it was just like I said, okay, this is this 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 girl has created a, a niche for herself. But you said in that space, you didn't feel safe. No, like I remember I left out, me and my publicist, who's one of my best friends right now, but at the time we shared an office space in New York and I had walked out of the office with my makeup artist to go to a BMI award. And as soon as I walked out the office, she got a call that just said, tell Nicole she's dead. And and the person hung up. 
And so I'm sitting at this award show. My makeup artist get a call and he, she's like, hey, we got to go. And I'm like, why? And she knew she wasn't going to get me up out of that seat unless she said, like, I'm not supposed to tell you, but somebody called the office talking about, you know, telling Nicole she's dead. And like, so that type of stuff, like that was just. Now I understand why you said I just shut it down. It was like, yeah, I had private investigators come to my house when I lived in Atlanta at first. Um, and it was during the whole Chris Brown and Rihanna, their whole case and a private investigator showed up at my door. And it's funny because it's over 10 years later. He's, he was actually on the internet talking about when he showed up at my door. Like, like in an interview with Vlad TV, it's crazy. I was just, and I mean, and then the way he talked about showing up at my door and he said, she thought she was protected. That's what he said in the the video. And I'm just like, people had no idea what you have been, what I was going through behind the scenes just to even have a career like this. But you was making good money. I mean, (laughs) if it, if it costs you your piece it's too expensive. Woo! <laughs> you said if it costs you your piece, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. <laughs> so you tell me, what if you was making $200 million? Would you still walk away from it? Yeah, absolutely. A billion dollars, would you walk away from absolutely. it? Absolutely. Really, what you experienced, it was no dollar amount that would have kept you in it. My piece is just so much more valuable. Then all then all of that ruckus I was in. Like So what was the tipping point? What made you you just woke up one day and just said, forget it? Um, like I said, uh just my parents died at the age of forty one and forty two and I was thirty five at the time, just like like those ages are nearing for me. And I really wanted to live my life. And so yeah. So I, that, I don't regret that, 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 that was decision. A, how close around them uh, um, losing their lives did you make that decision? How close in proximity was that for you to dissolve? And well, like I said, they were 41 and 42, and I made that decision when I was 35. But I'm talking about when they passed. When they passed, I, I didn't even, like, they, they, they didn't live to see me successful. Oh, they didn't? No. All right, so you were saying that as you was looking at the age that they yeah, passed. absolutely. You just said, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up on the age of that, that absolutely. I need to do something different. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I was that, thinking. Their, their deaths reminded me that life can be short. Yeah. Um, so short. So, yeah. They passed away when you were what age? I was 22 and 23 or something like that, yeah. So you were building all of this, no covering, no father, no mom, no whatever, just friends, peers, your age, that's kind of just coaching you through it or whatnot. And that's why it's very interesting that I was willing to walk away from these different brands. I was on a panel with uh, <laughs> um, like someone I call a mentor in my head that has a really big uh, CPG brand and product-based business. So their name. Oh, well, yeah. B. Dixon. I was okay. on a panel with her and uh, Don Dixon, I think, is her name that I really admire. But I was like kind of like upset about something dealing with X on Nicole or something or just I'm, I was still I was dealing with the depression of selling a business. 
And I remember B saying, you know, you got too much heart in this business. Like, we, we're supposed to be doing it like the white men. You know, we build them, we caring. sell it, yeah. we build some more. And I realized, like, I've been so attached to my businesses, especially the first two, because of the community that was built within the, um, you know, it wasn't just a product. It was community. But second, these were like my little babies that I yeah. birthed. Like, they were the only things I had and what was getting me up out of bed every single day to like reach the people like you know and so when you took that away i I was losing my sense of purpose so this is why i took it so much more serious walking away from nicole bitchy first and then selling exo nicole because when you sell a site you don't have full control anymore um and it was just just hard for me to adjust to now I'm I am running like I am very community driven with my happy flow, but yeah. I also know business and I also know to scale the way I want to scale. I would have to raise money, but if you want to raise money, you have to be willing to, to give up the equity, acquire yeah, <laughs> give up your equity and yeah. um, and and eventually get acquired. Yeah, because that's how your investors are going to get their money back. Yeah, and you don't want to do all that. I mean, I rather see this product and as many black women hands as possible. And I keep saying black women because our healthcare system mm-hmm. fails us when yep. we go in and we have the period pain or the fibroids or the PCOS, we just get pushed on a birth control until it's time for a hysterectomy, you know? And, and I just, like I said, God gave me a purpose so big with this. I, I'm, I'm, it's scary. <laughs> I'm preparing myself every day for the magnitude of the calling. Uh, what's so beautiful about all of this is the these defining moments that you've had. And, of course, this has been a relationship podcast. I love how this is about the transition into how you've seen yourself in relationships and mm-hmm. things that you desire mm-hmm. in relationships. Because if you don't get that part worked out, f- defining who you are, you'll just become whatever you oh my gosh. you you get with a guy and you become what he wants you to be Absolutely. versus having an identity. So how has that transitioned after this these defining moments and redefining who you are has allowed you to show up as this amazing woman in 2023 having gone through the journey. We you and I've had some <laughs> deep conversations. <laughs> I told the terrorist stop stop talking to me because he will have you talking for hours. It's like what we what we gonna talk about on On the the podcast? podcast. (laughs) Like like, just stop talking to me, okay? (laughs) So you went through a journey. You said that back in what month of that where you said that we was gonna do the podcast? Let's say back in November. Back in November. No, we're gonna go back in yeah January. Yeah, January the fourth. I dropped the episode called Healing from Heartbreak. Mm How did you identify with that episode? <laughs> I noticed you asked that to you with your guests Over the to last see how of- it resonates yeah. with everyone. I think for me, what were you going through? It was funny because I was, I understood the woman's point of view that might have broke your heart, and it was interesting to see it from the man's perspective. And I think I was going through something similar where I told a guy that I was dating. The like, same day. <laughs> I don't think I think I, I might have been. I yeah, might have been. the same day. I told the guy I was dating like, hey, you know, timing is one of the one things I forget to surrender to. Maybe this isn't the right time. And 
Like, you know, I tried to, you know, self-sabotage, bow out gracefully. (laughs) They did nothing wrong. Did nothing wrong. Um, And so just seeing you being so open, honest, transparent about just how you felt, how that impacted you. um, Yeah, it gave me a lot to think about. And what did I tell you when we had that conversation? What'd you tell me? I said, you, you better go me? get that man. You better call that man back and let that man show up. You was like, oh, Nicole. Like, <laughs> he was triggered during our first pre-interview for this podcast. He was so triggered by me. I was so triggered. I was like, I, was like, I just have a lot of things I need I to heal. I said, but he ain't saying that. I said, he ain't running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I always say this. I'm like, if you got a man. See, we we we, we want this fairy tale courtship this fairy tale love journey where you're so perfectly healed he's so perfectly healed y'all come together and y'all like oh my god i've been waiting you on my my whole life there's no (laughs) adversity there's nothing y'all get married and y'all sell off into the sunset and the reality is you meet people in seasons yes i understand sometimes it's just not a good season to meet somebody but at that point it was already too late you had already been talking to him since november Mm -hmm. and so it's two months in which he's been showing consistency in your life saying that hey listen i don't care what you got going on i'm still here i'm still showing up every day why get rid of that person to go then chance it on somebody else that if you were to go through it you you've gotten over the hump or whatever you're going through it's year one y'all been through year one of dating then you run into whatever obstacle that is he's like oh no i I ain't signed up for this right i'm signed up for this and he gone and you like but the last guy, when I was like, well, you should stay with the last guy yeah. because I, ain't, I wasn't built for this. Absolutely. I will say, um, so I left Exo Nicole like for good in September of last year. And I didn't know I was grieving the way mm-hmm. I was like, here I go grieving another business. And so October came and it was a lot of things. Like I knew my company, my new company wasn't in a position to pay me the salary that I made at Exo Nicole, right. the benefits. So there was a everything change for a second. Like I knew it was, I was about to go in a season of temporary discomfort. Yeah. And so I meet this guy um, right in that season. And I was just like, like I had told God, I'm about to prepare myself for my person. I feel like I've freed up, you know, I'm not running two companies anymore. I'm just running run one. Yeah. So now I've freed up time. I've I've freed up space for my person to come in. And so I told God I'm about to get prepared. And I meet this guy within days of me saying that. And I'm like, God, I, I didn't mean tomorrow. Like I meant can I get that three to six month healing period? You know, we swear we need three to six months just healing. Make just make it up. And I realized, but every time I told God I'm getting prepared for my soulmate, he's dropped a man in the picture. And I noticed it's because I need the man in the picture to prepare for my soulmate. Because how do you know what your triggers are in real time? Like you you single talking about I'm healed. Really? Wait till somebody come in and start like. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah. And I think we hide behind that because we don't want to face ourselves. We hide behind That's being good. happily single, feeling, um, you know, happy and whole. And it, it's so. And alone. Because at the end of the alone. day, you happy, whole and alone. And then when somebody shows up, you because people are mirrors to us. Absolutely. And so they'll show you stuff. And as you're getting to know them, they have their idiosyncrasies. You have your idiosyncrasies mm-hmm. and y'all trying to do life together and figure out stuff. And you're like, oh, well, I can't deal with this. No, work through that trigger. Work through yeah. whatever that is. And that's where the beauty lies. The beauty lies in the working of, to working it out, to, to cleave to one another and learn each other and have some patience and grace with each other. 
each other. Yeah, it's like colliding with the weakest parts of yourself constantly. And so, yeah, this guy comes in and he's like so consistent. And so everything was... His his healthiness was triggering me. His, his good mornings were triggering me. <laughs> his calling me after work was triggering me. <laughs> and only because I was my now I'm realizing my anxiety is uh, is because I'm always living in the future. And so, so if he's consistent, I know the moment that pattern changes, I'm gonna feel like he's pulling away or I'm losing him. And so I was anticipating the pattern change. So as some days kept going and he kept being consistent, I was, I was so triggered. It was, uh, what a season that was. What what would you, how would you show up? What would you say to him in those triggers? I wouldn't say anything. Like he didn't know. Huh? You just kept it internally. I did. I mean, I kept, uh, I just, yeah, I was so scared. It's, it's, this has been, I will say, when you date someone, I, you can grow when you date someone unhealthy as well. But when you date someone that's emotionally aware and mature and communicates well, has leadership qualities, it really evolves you as a woman. Yeah. Um. And so he has just dating him has evolved me so much from November to even now in March. Um especially when it comes to communicating my needs. I don't yes. think I ever knew what my needs were in a relationship. That's good. Like my non-negotiables and my needs and communicating to someone how to properly love me. Mm. Um, and so I'm learning all that. But you have to have somebody that's vulnerable. One thing I will say, with me having so many gossip blogs and catering to women, I've spent my entire life around women, even ex on Nicole, surrounded by women. I knew nothing about y'all <laughs> and, and y'all are some complex creatures, but <laughs> so I've been spending the last yeah. few years through books. There's a book, uh, his need, her need, his needs, her needs. There's uh, this audible by this woman named Allison Armstrong that has an amazing book called uh, the amazing development of men, every man's journey from knight to prince to king. Mm, that's good. Um, that yeah. yeah. There, so through a series of different books, um, I learned a lot about how you guys operate. And I was I was determined because for a long time, I thought I, I did not think I would ever get married to a man. Like, we think I'm getting married too. Maybe a woman because <laughs> yeah, it was, because it felt so complex, you know. But I'm realizing, like you guys, now I go into the world with so much compassion and empathy, especially for black men, Good. because I do know, like, first of all, a lot of you guys are lacking intimate relationships. I think I saw Trevor Noah say the only time you get intimacy is through sex yep. sometimes. Yep. And so we have intimate conversations with our girlfriends and hugs and yeah. love, but you guys don't get to collide with intimacy a lot. And then I feel like I aim to be a safe space for the men I date. That's good. Like, of you know, because it, it is hard for you guys to have safe spaces where you can be completely vulnerable to express your feelings. Um, and so just learning a lot. And then I ask every man that I date for feedback. That's good. It's almost like an exit interview. <laughs> I'm not getting up out of here <laughs> until I get this exit interview. Cause I want to know how I can show up better in the future. 
as I navigate my dating. When you um, told me that, I was like, there you are. <laughs> you, I said, there you are. You, you, you've arrived. You got to the place to where, because it was a different Nicole from January, because I think I talked to you like the first week of January. <laughs> the Nicole from the first week of January and the Nicole I talk to mm. now. Two totally different people. <laughs> January Nicole was scared out of her wits oh end. Oh my gosh! Want to yeah. destroy whatever? Just I don't need it. I, I understand. So much them. anxiety. <laughs> so much anxiety. Now you like I'm good. I'm good. I want to know this. I'm allow this guy to show up. I'm gonna work through the hard stuff. Yeah. We're gonna have these hard conversations. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Exactly. But I'm gonna give it my all. I'm gonna give it my all. And I told God put his hands on it a couple of times. Like God, you know. Uh, if this is for me, show me or like, I want what you want for me. And I felt like I heard God say the other day while I was journaling, but what do you want for you? And I realized I had never really put out there what I wanted the outcome of this because I didn't want to be tied to a specific outcome. So I never had put out in the world or even said to myself what I wanted the outcome of this dating situation to be. And so I had to get in my journal and get real with how I wanted to see this progress. You never put reference around what you wanted it to become. No, it's deep. No, not at all. I just, you know, I knew a man was in my life. He was being consistent. He was pouring into me in a season where I needed water in the most. Um, and I realized in that moment, like it would be a shame if he did all this pouring into this garden and wouldn't be able to be around to see it bloom, the flowers bloom. You thought about that. I did. I did. How'd that make you feel? <laughs> like I wanted him to be able to, to reap, see the, benefits the, of reap the benefits of the season where he poured into me. I wasn't doing any pouring. I'm honest with myself about it. I didn't have the emotional capacity. Um, so, yeah, that's how I feel about that. Does he know all this? No, he don't. Well, he know now. <laughs> well, he know now. King, when you see this uh, uh, video, it's going to be the highest honor you could ever receive to hear this queen esteem you like this and let you know what your work, that you, you, you've you done some good yeah, work. Yeah, and I, and I think sometimes, and that goes back to dating people with potential. Now, I know I'm a d different case because I know people will be like, girl, any man to see the value they stuff i'm sorry i do have a high sense of self-worth so <laughs> i do walk around in life like i am a hot commodity yeah and that i am you know once you put yourself on a clearance rack you'll never be able to get the price that the highest price paid for that that you know, mm -hmm. and that's how I feel like I'm not putting myself on a clearance rack. So I have had lower moments of self-worth, but I walk around like I am hot commodity. I date with the spirit of abundance, because when you date with the the a scarcity mindset, it will always lead to heartbreak. Explain that. You said you date with abundance. What does that look like versus a scarcity? But mindset? I date and as though if this does not work out. They're, I don't want to say like Gucci, miss one next nine coming, yeah. but <laughs> but I know because of the work I've done, because of who I've become, and this is nothing to do with money, success. This is like internal work that I've done that the next person is going to come 
and the next one until it's the right fit. Um, I think sometimes women, especially I, I'm a, you know, y'all, I'm sure you calculate the ages earlier in the podcast episode. I am a woman over 40. Right. And there was a time, may they rest in peace, <laughs> when there were a lot of negativity going yeah. on on the internet around Women, older oh, women yeah. 30, that are, if you 35 37 35 and, up, you and older woman, you you know almost like you i even seen someone online recently said you know the older women get the lower their standards get and for me the I older see, I, saw that, yeah. I got the higher the higher my standards got but it's it's a self-worth thing it has nothing to do with age um and so i say that i do feel like we sometimes sit around in the house talking about where the good men at honey they at the grocery store they're at the gym you might gotta get on an app but we have to be proactive in our pursuit of love do you believe in dating multiple people at the same time Uh, going on going out on dates maybe yeah um but i will say because i've been talking about this a lot with my friends that are successful and i know they're like don't have all your eggs in one basket and date around we don't be got we don't be having time we run at whole businesses. You want me to? That's a that's a full time job, and then you want me to have a full time rotate life, rotate different rotate guys. these different men. My energy is different energies. It's a lot. I would rather not. I want stability in my life in this this season of my life. So how long do you weed them out then? So 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 with. You know, I don't want to get a guy to cliff notes to y'all relationship, but, <laughs> but but the reality is, so you're focused on him right now. Nobody else. Nobody else get a shot. You know what? They weed themselves out because there are some people from my past that have tried to come in the door recently. Yeah. But I will say when a man has watered you in the way that this man has, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter who come up back around. You can circle the block. It's cool. You you could just spec like what is it? <laughs> Spectate. You can Spectate from the sidelines. Window shop, but <laughs> when you've poured into a woman in the way that this man I feel has poured into me, you don't even have to worry about her like straying and because the men that are coming her way are the what what you doing text men. <laughs> the where you at men after 11 p.m. <laughs> what you doing? You up men. And I'm responding back at 5 a.m. Yeah, I'm up. What are you? <laughs> so you missed that opportunity. <laughs> I'm up. I'm on my way to the gym. What are you doing? <laughs> You're like, well, that didn't work out how I planned it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. So, yeah, that's where I am. So like, you found that because of who you are now, the guys that had the privilege of of you of having you in the past. Y'all on two different spectrums. You know, you yeah, I was dating different in the past. I was dating. That's why I tell people don't date when you're vibing at a low frequency because you're going to attract low frequency people. <laughs> yeah. Right? And yeah. you're going to settle for people you wouldn't normally uh, settle for. And so I tried, like, if I'm in a season where I'm going through depression, low self-worth, that's why I wasn't sure I wanted to date last season. When this man came in the picture, because I wanted to make sure I was attracting the right thing. So how do you explain that then? So even (laughs) in that season, you weren't, you didn't feel like you were vibrating on the level to attract this type of guy with intentionality. So how do you reconcile that now? 
Because you prayed the prayer to God and said, God, I'm in yeah. this season. But then Nicole wanted to sabotage that which she had it prayed did. for. But I will say, uh, especially if women, if you're watching this, like I know they used to get on us for making lists. I make lists and I check it twice and I look at it every other month, making sure. And my list isn't more what he's going to look like physically. Yeah. It's more like how he's going to make me feel. Yeah. His characteristics, his values. Yes. His values. We talk about high value all the time, but my values have to do with, are you healthy? Do, are you, you know, because health is wealth. Yeah. Do you value your health enough to, do you value yourself enough to get up in the morning and feed into you before you pour into the world? And that could be anything. A man getting up, getting, eating his breakfast, going to the gym, opening his blinds. Um, <laughs> reading his Bible. Whatever that looks like, yeah. reading his Bible. But what is your morning routine? Do you have an evening routine? Um, how is your day structured? Just how you're pouring into you, because that's going to reflect on the relationship, um, especially the moments where it gets tough. Yeah. Making sure he has a mental toolbox. So that's that's what my list is more about, like values and values have a lot to do with just how they're taking care of themselves and how they're showing up in the world. Like a lot of people just put so much value on how much money a man makes. Yeah. Half the men are absent, emotionally unavailable. <laughs> they got millions of dollars <laughs> yeah. in there. Right. Sending you to the on a spa day, but they ain't there. Like, and they think that's cool. But I want to spend time with you. She said they ain't there. Because <laughs> <laughs> they think that's sexy. They think they think that's se- like things like that is sexy, and it's like, but I it'd be, want- be working. It'd be working with a lot of these women, you know. If, and then if it stop working with you, then here just go get another woman. You right. Start all you over right. Again. And it's it's just you know I will say dating in Atlanta. <laughs> Here you Ooh, go. Child. Everybody always say <laughs> Dating so in Atlanta. Uh, so God bless me, us. What, so, so what is that? I hear everybody say that, and it'd be ellipsis. Dating in Atlanta, dot, dot, dot. The dating culture in Atlanta is so interesting. I think it's because they've made women believe it's so many more women than it is men. Right. Um, And then they start factoring all these other things. Yep. I think the problem is the women in Atlanta that are looking for a certain caliber of men, those men in the house, and the women in the house. So how y'all going to meet? <laughs> this is why I'm proactive. This is why I go to the grocery store. This is why I go to the gym. Like, because we're in the house. We're yeah. not at the clubs at the and club. the bars. Yeah. And, the, um, and so, I mean, we might meet each other Sunday sermon. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it's harder to find the riffraff is out though. Oh yeah, they out in the streets. Oh yeah, everywhere. They at every and event. Loud, <laughs> loud and proud. Loud yeah, and proud. Yeah, they at every event. They're at every restaurant opening. <laughs> so I mean, it's she interesting. Every restaurant opening. <laughs> yeah. So do you get approached a lot? A lot. A lot of guys. I mean, a lot of women say they don't even get approached by guys in Atlanta a lot. That that they have to be the one to initiate. Well, the we have to be mindful of our energy. Because if I'm at the gym and I'm over in the corner with my headphones on and I'm in the zone, I don't look like I don't look approachable. But if I'm walking past a few machines and I make eye contact and I smile on the way to my next workout. Teach them, Nicole. Teach them, teach Nicole. <laughs> you know what I mean? The same with the grocery store. I think a lot of times we'll get in the elevator, a man will get in and we'll look down immediately. <laughs> or you get in the Uber, the Uber driver trying to chat. You just like, like 
do you have open enough energy? Um, and I think that's the difference between getting approached more often and not. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you take up a new hobby, catch up on some sleep, complete reading the book you've never had time to finish but always promised that you would? Did you know the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is by knowing what's important to you and making it a priority? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I couldn't have become the person I am today without therapy, to be honest with you. My vulnerability and transparency were cultivated in therapy and it served as a foundation in which the beloved Dear Future Wifey podcast was built. Now, as you know, relationships of all kinds are important to me. Therapy helps with learning positive coping skills, managing expectations of myself and others, and most importantly, establishing healthy boundaries. Oh boy, life is stressful, ain't it? Now, therapy is a safe space to recalibrate and recenter. Now, can I be transparent with you? Since the inception of this podcast, I've always wanted to do this right here for better help. Why? Because so many of you reach out to me seeking referrals for therapy services after each episode. My heart has been overwhelmed by the outpouring of you desiring help to show up better in life. And guess what? I believe the world is a better place with better help. It's entirely online, too. Designed to fit your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Wifey today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Wifey. I love all this. I love all of this because I, 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 like I said, I just love the evolution that 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 you've been through in such a short time. Like literally, January and March the twenty ninth. Oh my gosh, totally this would have been a totally different podcast, <laughs> and I'm so happy because, like, this is online forever. Yeah, you know, and I, I did want to show up the best version of me. I know people love me in my not so great seasons and you would have learned a lot as well. Yeah. But um, I'm in a very reflective state. I'm glad that I was, I, I helped save a life. You know what? <laughs> you, was, you was about to kick old boy to the curb. I was like, no, this is a good guy. That's what I'm saying. It's a good guy. I will guy. say the reason why he's still in the picture. Cause I have like a coach. I have a therapist. I got a whole <laughs> team of people team of to people. help you get, keep it together. Yes. Cause I, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So, but the 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 good thing about it is you're self aware enough to and humble enough to admit when you're wrong. And I do, and and I will say this: like you know, our dating lives go through different seasons, and yeah. so you know that first. Some people are addicted to that first four to six weeks when you're just getting to know somebody. Yeah, and you feel honeymoon. like you got the yeah the chemistry and connection, and when it get a little bit too a little bit too deep for them. <laughs> Cause it's it's fun and flirty in the four to six weeks. Yeah. But now we're like, okay, <laughs> what we doing? You know. And when you get around that sixty to ninety day part, you definitely on some. What are we doing? Especially if you're dating women over thirty, thirty five. Yeah. Like yeah. she she's not trying to be strung along. And so I feel like some people, men and women, we get addicted to that first yeah. four to six week. And then that you, you see a lot of things going downhill after that. <laughs> and you see like 
you know, you start looking at things that are not attracted to you anymore yeah. or self-sabotaging because, yeah. man, once you get past the, that first 60 days, it gets scary. It gets scary up in there because now you're in the imperfect stage and y'all are really getting to see each other's flaws, the wounds, if you are having a below the surface relationship. Yeah. The yeah. triggers. Um, and if you can get past that, like that stage where like you have to bring your real selves to the table, then I'm invested. And that's where the beauty occurs. That's what it, but it's, it's, yeah, the beauty, the beauty <laughs> happens in that. The beauty doesn't happen in the initial content. That's like, that's easy. Like you said, it's you, you own, you own some other type of stuff. You're like, oh, I like being around. It's fun talking to them. But when you talk about some real stuff and then you go, uh, like you and I discuss, it becomes that stage where now you're responsible for that person. At first, you're not responsible. You don't owe that person a phone call. You like, if I talk to you, I talk to you. Yeah, if I don't, I absolutely. don't. Absolutely. But then it gets to that place where you'd be like, no, like you said, that consistency. I gotta maintain this consistency. I gotta maintain. I done. I, I've sent her good morning text for the past two weeks. I gotta maintain that because she's gonna be looking for that. <laughs> and and it, it's so interesting the way it, it is. Interesting the, the, love the way journey. the the love journey. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I had I had something I wanted to say and I lost it and I because I saw it. the eyes. What you about to say? You just thinking about it. Take a moment. Yeah, was talking about can the always edit. Yeah, so he was talking about the the. It's interesting of how the the responsibility how it transfers from just talking to somebody. Yeah, casually. so that's what I was gonna say. You know, I see all this content online showing women how to be high value <laughs> women, how to be irresistible, and it always say things. I feel like it it it's teaching us to run a lot of game. Right. But also how to be irresistible. Make sure you always fun and flirty like and that's that's telling you to go out in the world. And but what about my boundaries? You know, what about my needs? And so what happens is women take that advice and they're dating men and the man is doing something that's unacceptable to them. But they just mental note, mental note. And it's piling up. <laughs> it's a tally, little receipt tally of things. But she waits until she gets the ring. She down the aisle. She's married. Now she wants to call him out on some things. And he's like, this is who I am. And this didn't matter to you when we were dating. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's an issue. It's yeah. a problem. Yeah. And so for me, it's very important for me to date men who are able to be accountable, who if I, you know, bring something to their attention, they adjust because they value me. And so they're like, and it's a growth. It's, it's you know, if it don't challenge you, it don't change you. So mm. it's all about growth. And that's why I ask for feedback. Like what if I said, don't my challenge exit, you, it don't change. You. It don't change you. And that's why I ask for feedback because I know I'm not showing up innocent either. So what can I change? How can I be better? And and what kind of feedback have you heard? Ooh, I've, I I hear a lot. Um, I do hear men say like you scare me or like you make me nervous. Um, do they get a reference of why? I will say my emotional. I I will say if you probably asked the last <laughs> couple of men I've dated since twenty twenty, they probably will tell you that I was very emotional, unavailable, oh, and okay. very like guarded. Um, this, this dating situation I'm in now, and I was telling him that 
last night, I said, uh, you opened me. It's a book called Open Her. Uh, but he opened me. Oh, just a series of actions over over weeks at a time. And I just felt myself opening up more and more. And I'm like I said, I'm night and day what he met back in November. Thank you night and day who I talked to in, in January. <laughs> night and day. Yeah. See what healthy communication with the opposite sex can do for you and your growth and your evolution. Yeah. 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 So you love this person now. The person you, know what? you are. I ain't talking about him. I'm talking about you. <laughs> I ain't talking about him. I'm saying you love this person. This person you so are. I am so in love with the woman who is sitting here on this podcast today. Yes. Like and her evolution and and I, you know, I come from a background and I felt it made me unlovable. Mm. And so I sometimes I had to figure out if I wanted to rewrite my story or embrace my story. And I I went through this with one of my coaches and she said, do you want to rewrite your story? And I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to keep the story because it's going to help somebody. Mm. I can go back and act like my, my childhood wasn't traumatic, but it's not helping. It's not helping anybody. (laughs) Come on, let's talk about that. When you <laughs> you had the choice to rewrite your story or embrace your story, when you embrace the story, when you embrace who you were, what your childhood looked like, what did it look like, Nicole? So my childhood, I will say, you know, you know, you trying to get me to the tears. <laughs> We're gonna talk about it. We go. We we getting there. We gonna talk. Um, I think I, I told you on a call, but I I feel like when I talk to a lot of black women especially black women who've grown up in like inner city neighborhoods, very poor neighborhoods. I don't think I've talked to one who hasn't been sexually assaulted at some point. And I know you mentioned it on your podcast. Yeah. Um, And so I felt like where I came from, I felt like almost like my body was a neighborhood's body. Like at any point of time, I could be walking up the street and somebody snatched me up and do something to me and no one no one would take my side and so I think I I dealt with like two I would say I I would call them sexual assaults they were rapes I, I, I dealt with two rapes before I was even 18 but then my mom also was dating a predator her boyfriend um I Around 16, I was sleeping with knives under my pillow because I would wake up every single night with this man standing over me naked, but acting like he went to the bathroom and just happened to walk in the wrong room. Um, And so, like I said, in prior incidents, when these things happened to me and I would tell, it was always somebody that was close to someone close to me. And I would tell that person, it would be like, it was your fault and they would dissociate for me. Really? Yeah, they would dissociate. Like like one one incident, I was visiting a friend that lived out of town. She was 18. I wasn't 18 yet. She wanted to go off to a club for 18 and up. So she left me with her neighbor, which was a, a guy, a boy or whatever. And, you know, whatever happened, happened. And when I told her, I mean, it, it's like they looked at her and her family looked at me like I was like a Jezebel, like the most disgusting person on this earth. And this, this, this man did this to me. And then like, I had, uh, 
a boyfriend. I don't, I don't understand. I'm trying to understand why somebody would say that. Just makes no sense to me. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't understand that. You were how old? I was six, seventeen at the time, and then I had a boyfriend. He ended up being a bit older than me, and he had a cousin that picked me up and said he was going to take me home uh, one day when I was out with friends. And instead, he 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 drove me in the back of like an abandoned building. And so, like, these little incidents and not being able to feel protected in my own body and in my own neighborhood. And so, with my mom's boyfriend situation, I finally told some aunts of mine who lived next door and come to find out her daughter had the same... I don't know how he was getting in their house, but she had, like, you know, she was like, yeah, my daughter, like, felt like she woke up with this man standing over her and covered in baby oil and so for me, me not speaking up, now it's affecting yes. other women in the yes. neighborhood. And so uh, there was this, and probably putting all my family business out there, but it is what it is. I'm healing. But, you know, the sisters, they outside fighting, you know, over this man. Um, and my mom packed up all my stuff and she, you know, got me in the car and she's taking me to go live with her grandmother her mother. And I remember asking her, I'm like, mom, I can't believe you're choosing him over me, a man over me. Yeah, like, yeah. and she said, until you fall in love, you'll never understand. Wow. And so at, at the age of 16, love was defined for me as you would choose your, uh, your own, this man over your own daughter. And so of course I'm going to have a negative perception of love growing up and not ever want to be in a relationship. Um, I also felt like I, I was disconnected from my body for the first 20 years of my adulthood. Um, I looked at sex as more trans. I never looked at it as pleasurable for the woman. So I never was present. I don't feel in my sexual relationships. Um, even now it's kind of affecting I was able to take my power back through, I know this is a Christian podcast, but I was, <laughs> I was able to take my sexual power back through sex toys and that type of stuff. But um, I even now can tell it's affecting my current dating situation a little when it comes to intimacy um, and how he likes to be loved. And this is a piece I haven't talked about with him yet, um, but... It's something I know I can work through because, again, I, I can show up in the bedroom when I feel safe. Right. But it takes feeling safe. And that's most women. Not only does she have to feel safe, but through, it, it matters what you do before you y'all get to the bedroom. Yeah. How she's feeling loved, whether it's, you know, little deposits of affection or affirming her before you even get to the bedroom. <clears throat> This is interesting that we keep having this recurring conversation this season. Um, <laughs> just this recurring conversation. R.C. Blake's had it. Um, the Browns um, talked about it. Tim Brown, Hall of Famer. He said he was, you know, he was in these streets messing around with a bunch of women. Then he felt like God was like, "Oh, you gave me a woman that's that that has dealt with sexual assault throughout her whole life, and now this is how this is this is the cards I've been dealt." But taught him the level of patience and love and nurturing that it took uh, to 
open her up, as mm-hmm, you said, mm-hmm. for her to be vulnerable and feel safe. Um, and I think God is really trying to say something to men. I think God is trying to say something to these kings out here because um, I end up saying that one day where I saw statistics, one in five, and then they said they think it's one in three or something ridiculous. It probably is. Just ridiculous. And they're just even saying that is is. Now, when you say say the statistic, one in five women have dealt with sexual assault. Yeah. And that's the thing we're in before me too. like me being in the entertainment industry, always being around entertainment men. And like there used to be this kind of. I felt when I was in entertainment, the men walked around like almost like if you don't do this, then this won't happen for you type thing. And so. Yeah, it was just scary being in in the entertainment industry and not knowing if I was going to have to sell my soul. And I was scared. I remember I've always had calls to come meet with some type of executive or whatever. And like I said, I would take a friend or say That's no. Smart, though. Or no, it's okay. Like, you know. So why were you that smart? Because at that young age, to even be self-aware to bring a friend. Because of what I went through in my childhood, I didn't even want to be around these men by myself. Yeah. Or put myself in a compromising situation. I don't know why. This is the season of miracles and manifestation. And this keeps coming Yeah, It just keeps coming I do think, like, there's women watching that probably have been through this and it it makes them feel unlovable, right? Like, no matter if it's the way people treated them after they might have told someone they trusted, um, even there's a lot of women who have not experienced the orgasm or have had kids but never experienced pleasurable sex. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's sad, actually. Yeah. And, and yeah, and that's why I said I don't want you feeling like you have to edit yourself when you're saying something. This is your story. <laughs> this is your journey. Yeah. It is what it is. Because at the end of the yeah. day, the person that is blessed with you, they will have to go through that journey with you. And if we, if, if God, I'm going to say if, since God is using you to, to be a light in this area, to be able to shed um, reference and understanding, then I want men to be able to hear from a queen and say, okay, she says that mostly every woman that she talks to, her friend circle has dealt with this before. Yeah. The likelihood of me dating a woman and then hopefully marrying a woman that has encountered this, that have dealt with this, I got to understand, I need to, I need a level of sensitivity. I need to be able to show up and be like, dog, why are you tripping? Why you ain't trying to, dog, you this, one minute you want to do this, next minute you don't, I touch you, now you move my, what's wrong with you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And hit it, what's wrong with you? Something's yeah. wrong with you. And then that's echoing in your mind. you like, I've heard this all my life. What's wrong with me? Something is wrong yeah. with me. And that's not going to allow you to open up. Even, even the way they show up in the bedroom, like, are you going to just like, you know, have sex with her like she's a porn star? Are you going to be slow and easy and like gentle with her? Um, But to be quite honest, I mean, we're talking about women who have dealt with rape and sexual assault 
A lot of men have too. Yeah, and they show up different as well. Yeah, they show up different in the in the same extremes. They can be extremely sexual, or they can be where you be like, "Dang, he tripping? Is he gay or something? He don't want to touch me. He don't want to do nothing or whatever." And I just want to continue providing these safe spaces for both parties to be able to have these conversations where they have. I had this man. I get so many DMs from people that say, "Me and my husband, me and my fiance, me and my boyfriend, we watch your podcast every." single Wednesday and we have deep conversations mm -hmm. and so I'm 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 honored you know, today being my 45th birthday, that I'm honored that God has trusted me with this safe space for people to have conversations, to be the the conversation starter for people to go deep and be able to say, hey, listen, and hopefully, King, if you're watching this episode and you've dealt with sexual trauma, that we're providing this safe space for you to talk to that loved one, that wife, that um, that that girlfriend, that that future fiance or whatever, and you say, hey, listen, like here's here's the test of our relationship. I want to yeah. open up and share with you something I've never shared with anybody before. And then when you create that that safe space and open up your heart and have that vulnerable moment with them, I'm telling you, it's gonna take it's gonna take your relationship to the next level. It's Absolutely. Gonna love deeper. Absolutely. I I always say vulnerability sets me free. And so being able to I, I'm only looking to show up in spaces where I can be authentically who I am and be able to share my story. And feel safe sharing it and be met with compassion and empathy and not like disgust. Um, so, yeah, um, I like I said, I instead of rewriting my story. And it's funny because during my celebrity gossip bogging days, I started going to hypnotherapy, which, um, you know, subconscious mind work. And they were able to almost make me forget about hmm. that part of my life. It's almost like I buried it for years. Um, and that's how I was able to function through those years of blogging. But now I'm confronting it like head on. And I'm just proud of myself in this season. Like I don't, I forgive all the people. It's like I don't hold a grudge or y'all not making me unlovable. Mm. Because I do, again, you go out into the world and you feel like you're unlovable, but you determine how lovable you are by how open you are to love and to letting the right people in. So I am lovable. I like that. That's going to be a real. Um, <laughs> I love it. I'm lovable. Um, it's interesting because I was going to do a, um, a TV series called Lovable. Mm. And it was going to be people sharing their stories. It's kind of like the show uh, Single... What's that thing that's on? on? It's called Single Ladies or something or Single Something. And they're just... It's like these interviews, docu, like a docu-series where they're just sharing their story. And I was watching. I was like, man, that's my show, Lovable. They just... They mm. was like, man... You know, it's going to be male and female or whatnot. But um, one thing that I want to be transparent about is that even before you said the word rape, I was like, please don't say that word. Please don't say that word. Why? It's because even on YouTube, it will it'll show that my video has limited advertising using that word are you serious yeah it'd be like open to whatever and and it, it broadens the reach of the video it has trigger words that you have certain profanity uh wow. f-bomb the whatever and, and if you say the word rape that's crazy it automatically limits it and i said i don't care if i i don't care yeah, if i make five dollars off we, this video it's, 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 we it's, have to yeah we have to talk about this especially in it. our community yeah i mean i'm so proud of first of all your podcast but where we are right now 
even it's it's been an evolution over the next last two or three years with men having these forums to talk about things like this, yeah. men and women talking about things like this, and that's we're healing as a collective. Why and do you I think th- that? Why do you think that is that they will sit there and like you use a word like that in the video where it be? I know it's triggering, but why would it be like we don't want you using that word? You may have to use the word sexual assault. Maybe that's comfortable. But what made you say, no, it was rape? What's the difference between sexual assault and rape to you? I feel like when I hear sexual assault, it might just be somebody groping me. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, they're touching me inappropriately where rape is like actual like penetration. Yeah. Maybe that's how I take it. Yeah. Well, that's how I take it too. And that's why I, I wonder why. Um, like social media sites like that, like YouTube would say, well, you use these words, <laughs> we yeah. gonna, we, we going to limit yeah. the, the, the reach of it. But it's funny because I keep saying it's funny because no, yeah. none of this is funny, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say just reflecting on how I have been in my adult life. I've been hyper independent because of that situation with my mom kicking me out and seeing, how she chose a man over me. And I don't know if it was because she was dependent on him for financial or what the, the dependency was, but that resulted in me being hyper-independent. I'm going to do everything on my own. I'm not going to depend on anybody for anything. And then it just really did show up in the way I even maneuvered the industry and even maneuvered relationships. So I again, Seeing me on the other side of this, being able to allow someone to pour into me and dating in this season in a way, he's unlocked the level of me that no one else has. Um, And uh, openness and a a vulnerability that no one else has. And it's so beautiful to see because it's like, my younger self, she wants to sabotage. She's so wounded and like scared. Yeah. But it's like I want her to look look up like and I want it to like really um it's almost like I want it to disown her. Mm. Like, I don't know you. Mm. <laughs> I need you to yeah. go sit down. Sit down somewhere. Look, something Child. <laughs> something good is happening over here. I need you to sit down. Yeah. But now I'm embracing her with love because I know where why it's she coming was like from. That. Yeah, why, exactly. why, why the little girl was so protective? Why the little exactly. girl was so guarded? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> if you were to call, normally I name the episode before we even start, and sometimes I even uh, entertain it, and I drop the name of it within the first five minutes of the interview. But me not knowing what we're going to talk about, because we talk all the time, we don't know oh what we're going to touch on. Oh, my God, and that's on. why I told you stop talking to me. So talk to me. You're going you're gonna to ruin the interview. Um, what would you call this episode? I know what I want to call it, but I didn't talk about it. I mean, it doesn't align with what I. <laughs> well, so what was it? What, what did you think about it first? Oh, we can call it from. This wasn't what I was thinking about at first. We we can call it when I think about my pivots. I always think about my um calling. Is it more important than my comfort? But we can name this episode from, uh, no, because I wasn't unlovable, but from unlovable to lovable. So I got to know. 
From unlovable to lovable. I like that. <laughs> He's not going to call it this. I can see him over there now thinking. No, I am. I could call okay. it that. I'm okay. just thinking. I'm like, hey, you said from unlovable to lovable. We're going we gonna, to, you know, I'll sit around. Navigating from love. But yeah. We, we, I... can, we can figure something out. Yeah, we're going to figure something out. Hopefully, you know, when y'all update me in the next six months. <laughs> that will be interesting to to bring this mystery man on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> the thing is, this this person is so low key. I know it. And he, he was just so different than what I anticipated. Like from his structure to like everything, just everything. And I him. and I didn't mention it's it's a long distance, yeah. Thing a so long, that long that's distance. a long long distance. We talking about way across the country. <laughs> we talking about time zone three hour difference. <laughs> yeah, three. I mean, long five five and a half hour flight difference. <laughs> um. So in the beginning, it was everything that I was just like I I was at like absolutely not. This is not what I'm looking for. <laughs> Um, so it's taught me to be open to what it looks like. The episode last week, the guy was like, I did not believe in long distance relationship. He lived in St. Louis. She lived in DC. Uh, then throughout the years, a couple years later, she ended up moving to Chicago. He lived and still lived in St. Louis. That's a four hour drive. And he said, had it been five hour drive, I wouldn't entertain it, but, but it was four hour, hours. Yeah. I drive four hours. And now they're about to get married. I'm seeing a lot of long distance on here. Like the two, the couple that got married in five months, they five were long months. distance. Yes. So like we can't be tied to what it's going to look like. Could you get married in five months? Was well, already four months. No. But could you get married Absolutely in, one, in a year? Um, maybe a year. I will say I want to see seasons. a person through all four seasons. Um, yes. And so that would be hard for me five months. And also it, it, I always, if for at least three of the months, I'm always emotionally unavailable. <laughs> I, I, I become emotional, emotionally available month? in the fourth month. So if you, <laughs> if you can, if you can last past month three, you're like, Oh, like the treasure chest opens up, <laughs> like it gets real. But, you think, but you think it's still like that? Having come through this, do you think that the next go around, you know, God forbid, I pray this works out. But if it didn't work out, do you think that it will still take you that much longer to open up again? Yeah, because I'm looking at consistency, and I just know it's again in those first sixty days. <laughs> People are showing their best selves. That's you know, good. they sending you calendar invites for date nights. I, I've been through all the, I, I've been through all the things. They yeah. doing all the things that got you like going back to your girls. Like, oh, like <laughs> at month three, it'd be something different. Month three, it start getting serious because they know, they know. <laughs> like, I gotta start, I gotta step up if I want to keep this woman in my life. Well, you've blessed uh, my viewers uh, with this amazing story, this amazing journey, but also you're going to bless them with a nice little promo code from My Happy Flow. I will. So women out there, first of all, I want to say if you have painful, heavy periods, that is not normal. It's normally a sign of hormonal imbalances. Also, inflammation and underlying reproductive conditions. Um, since they never taught us that periods weren't supposed to be painful, we normally um, get 
it, delayed diagnosis or misdiagnosed or yeah. we go to the doctor and they just uh again brushes off or pushes on birth control and that just matches the sy- symptoms but the condition is still there getting worse in the background i don't want that for us we talking about soft life in this season and a soft life starts with a peaceful period my happy flow is an all-natural product that balances hormones naturally and as a result you normally will experience better periods within the first or second cycle after starting it. It's a daily vitamin, so you have to take at least one or two a day. But um, yeah, we Soft Life 2023, we're not planning our lives around our periods anymore. We're not holding shame because of our periods. Um, if you have PCOS, endometriosis, this helps tremendously with those symptoms as well as fibroids. I actually had a customer come to me. She had 11 fibroids, more than 11 fibroids when she started our product. And she was getting brushed off by a doctor. She's trying to get in, trying to figure out if she's going to get the surgery. Um, By the time she saw, I think it was a fibroid specialist, those 11 fibroids had shrank to like two or three tiny ones. And she was able to get those um, out of the How way. Where you come up with this? You know, God, God, no. God. Girl. <laughs> yeah. And so I've heard, um, of, you know, stories from some of my customers. They had fertility complications, couldn't have babies. They got on my happy flow and conceived within, you know, the first or second cycle. So I'm, I'm just so super proud because we're healing our womb space. Mm. Um, and that's a double entendre right there. Yeah. In our wounds space. We, we wounds are and wounds. All and absolutely yeah. Yeah. in all areas. And and yeah. Um make sure you check us out, myhappyflow.co. Use the promo code wifey, wifey for twenty percent off. There it is. Your first bottle. And if you love it, come 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 back to us, get a subscription. Yeah. We'll be in your inbox. <laughs> yeah. Every month. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Man, listen, Nicole, I salute you. I'm glad that you, you've been able to redefine yourself. You've been able to pivot. And oh, now this new version of you is somebody that can show up whole in a marriage, someone that has grace, someone that has humility that says, hey, how am I, where am I deficient in? Give me a, a review. Uh, I love that about you. Keep queening. I salute this king that's in your life. Um, I got to hey. say one thing. Yeah. Because Laterra's be like, <laughs> what I say? <laughs> put Tell you me. on the spot. That's what I say. Laterra's be like, you sound like a wife. Yeah. And I want to challenge him. What does a wife sound like? A wife sounds whole. A wife sounds very responsive. A wife sounds like, like for instance, if I say something to you and I, and, and I give you godly wisdom or advice, you're not defensive. You're like, well, hold on. But you don't know. And what you don't, you'd be like. You know what? Yeah, I do need to look at that. Hey, I do need to do this. And it's like, oh, you have a teachable spirit. Um, you're very, you're not argumentative. You're, uh, you operate highly in your uh, feminine energy. You're not, you don't come off masculine, even though you used to be a bodybuilder at one mm-hmm. point in your career. You know, uh, you're very, you're a woman. And so when I hear you speak, I've been asking God to, uh, allow me to hear the sound of a wife. Mm. And so I can talk to certain women. I go, Ooh, that's a wife. But I will say, I want to be honest with you. When I heard, like, when I hear people say like wife, I feel like I've been like neglecting that word for so long when it comes to me. And maybe I, um, never saw myself as one Mm. and I'm trying to like 
unpack that <laughs> in my life. Um, sorry. No, I already seen it. I seen it. This, this, this is a breakthrough. Here it is. Go grab your, grab your <laughs> tissue. You said you never saw yourself as a wife. And that's the reason why you were vibrating on such a low level, entertaining guys that would never, ever put a ring on your finger. And they were just using you for what they used you for. And it was just, it is what it is, like you said, very transactional. Um, and it's not even your fault because it was what was robbed from you early on in life and what was consistently robbed from you. And that's the unfortunate thing about it when you have these queens that get robbed so early and have to go through life trying to find out who they are. What you said the majority of this episode is that you didn't know who you are and you had, you, you found your identity behind whatever business that you became. Yeah, I mean, I've never even gotten to the girlfriend stage. And it's because it's not because no one wanted me to be their girlfriend. It's like the self-sabotage of it, of I didn't even see myself as someone's girlfriend, let alone someone's wife, um, because deep. of like my upbringing and what I saw in my home um, when I was young. So it's getting through that. Like if y'all ever see me in a wedding dress. It's going to go viral. You understand me? I'm going to post it, repost it. <laughs> like, because, and that's the beautiful thing about just this, this season of, even when God said, well, what do you want from this? And me having to, like, break past my old dart process of what girlfriends and wives look like, or mm. partners in, in general. And so, yeah, I'm still, I'm still, like, processing that now. I want you to say I'm a wife. Oh my God. <laughs> I want you to say I'm a wife. I am a wife. Say it again. I'm a wife. <laughs> I am a wife. I am a wife. <laughs> Y'all hear him. I am a wife. You're trying to embed this in my in my head. I am a wife. I am a wife. Period. Period. And I'm gonna be someone's beautiful amazing wife in the future good do you mind if i pray with you real quick sure come on <laughs> heavenly father i lift up nicole before you right now god i ask that you continue to break every chain that's on her mind on her heart continue to elevate her to the level that you have destined for her to be she's a beautiful light a beacon of light for the world god i thank you for her vulnerability i thank you for her transparency continue continue to use her for your glory lord we thank you in advance for the great exploits that she is accomplishing the the, the people's uh, whose lives that she's going to impact and change God, we give you all the praise and the glory. Thank you for her transparency. Thank you for her showing up for such a time as this to, to represent you and share your light. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Woo! Well, listen. Thank you. This is this is a great birthday episode. I like this. This is a, this is a great you know, birthday episode. I was episode. scared to come on this podcast because I just didn't know what value I could bring as I listen to the different couples and stuff and I'm going through my season. I'm saying, you know, I'm single, yeah. but dating. Um, but yeah, so it was intimidating. Watch, watch how much value you get. Watch how many people are in your DMs, how many women, just watch. I hear it in the spirit. Watch how many people start DMing you. Watch uh -huh. how many people are like, girl, I was going this. Thank you. I never felt like I was a wife. Thank you. I've never felt like I was lovable. Thank you. And you have no idea 
how many people around the world are tuning in right now, tears streaming down their face because you are representing them in this moment. I'm telling you, God is so strategic. I got a DM the other day. They say, how did God find these people on your podcast? And it's exactly what I need every week. Yeah, you, you absolutely. You think it kind of run out. You'd be like, okay, I've heard this story before. <laughs> I've heard this. I mean, how many times can you talk about this? But God is literally my booking agent. He brings those specific people on at the specific time that needs to be. Think yeah. about it. You weren't supposed to be on my birthday episode. I was kind of scared to come on here because to be quite honest, I'm glad I am in a season where like somebody's in my life right now. But the more visibility I have, the harder it is for me to date. Mm. And so in my quiet seasons, well, I'm not visible. I'm not doing podcasts. I'm not on the Internet and on Instagram. That's when I tend to attract the men. So I was like, I'm not trying to have visibility right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and this is, I mean, you have a pretty big podcast, um, but I'm trying to work past that block because that's, that's just me trying to dim myself yes. and my light to attract people. And I shouldn't, I should be able to go out into the world in the fullness of who I am and yes. still be able to attract whoever my partner is going to be. That's real. Yes. Show up fully in all your glory. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Show up fully. And that's the word for everybody. Show up. Show up fully in everything that God called you to be. I remember this beautiful poem by Mary Ann Williamson. um, And you saw that poem in uh, Keelan the Bee. Matter of fact, I'm going to pull it up. Because that that poem, you're saying this, and we was talking about that earlier today. Um, Let's see. What is that? Oh, Mary Ann... Williamson, you can talk right now while I pull this up uh, about whatever you what's on your heart. <laughs> <laughs> you so silly. Y'all gonna cut this anyway? No, I'm not. I'm gonna be what? No, nah, I'll be letting stuff be. It, it'd be transparent. It'd you be gonna rough. cut me out when I when you, you did a little flub? Yeah, but hold on, that's, that's that. <laughs> Our deepest fear. Listen, to this by Mary Ann Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your plan small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us. It's in everyone. Yeah, including you. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Our deepest fear. Yeah, my, my, my deepest fear is like, you know, meeting somebody in these quiet seasons. But is he going to be able to handle when you glow up? The capacity yeah. of how impactful that my brand and I am going to be like, you met me in a season of mess, but can you fall in love with my magic? Because mm. I'm about to go into a big season yeah. for myself. And so that's going to that's going to be the test. 
Oh, well, brother, I hope you have stand power, brother. I hope you got stand power. Because <laughs> she finna elevate to a whole nother a level. A whole level. Oh, I wish I could put some money in my happy flow. Lord Jesus. Oh, you can. We're going to figure that out. Oh, well, please. Uh, we're going to figure that out. We need investors. Because Lord Jesus, because this is finna make some money. Absolutely. Oh, Lord Jesus. Listen, y'all give it up for my homie, Nicole mm-hmm. Kane. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for having me. Thank and you. thank you for providing a safe space for me to be vulnerable and be my authentic self. Listen, you showed up beautifully today. Thank you. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into child protective services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, Yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just two many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse. I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, 
or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTaris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. Let me tell you something. I'm 45 today. 45. And when I think back over the years and just even the last three years, I never imagined that I'll be doing this podcast and this podcast will be reaching people all over the world, providing healing, providing restoration, providing hope in the area of love, providing salvation to those who had given up on Christ. I'm grateful today. I'm thankful for today. Hmm. I honor God today. Here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, the morning sun bombarded its way through my blinds, donning a new day. As the rays from the hot glowing ball of hydrogen and helium kissed my bald head, I cracked open my crust-filled eyes. I grabbed my cell phone. The date on my home screen reads March the 29th, 2023. Today, I'm 45. Happy birthday to me. I glance at the empty spot reserved for you in my queen-size bed. Your side is still untouched. Pillows still in place. Sheets unturned. In all transparency, I never imagined I'd be spending this birthday single. I'll celebrate this day of birth, but I'll subconsciously grieve it's not been shared with you. They say timing is everything. Sometimes I question if the pendulum in God's grandfather clock is broken. I'm waiting. Still hopeful. Still submitted. Dear Future Hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.